The message you are about to listen to was recorded at Radius White Knoll. More information about Radius White Knoll can be found at radiuswhitenoll.org. All right. Welcome to Radius. If you've not been here before, we've been doing this for a little while now. We're getting to be old veterans. We've been here about a little over a year. We officially kind of started as a church on January 1, so, so in January we'll celebrate kind of our first birthday. However, this thing started. Radius Lexington up the road sent a group of folks that are in this room out, and they did the work to kind of plant the seeds for this. So uh, we appreciate them up the road, and they have challenged us, Radius Lexington that is, to a flag football game, all right? I think that was a mistake on their part, just for the record. They challenged us uh, on the 21st to a little flag football game. So if you're interested, please let me know. Some of y'all should not be interested. Let me just go ahead. I know you feel your manhood come, but just, you know, we, we don't have a lot of insurance. So uh, just, just come in and holler. Ken, girl, I, I've heard you can throw a ball a mile. So, um, we, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. It, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Ask Derek. Derek's got my answer for me, right? Right. <laughs> uh, should be fun on the 21st. So after we finish camo Christmas, we'll go over there. So the next couple Sundays ought to be a good time to invite somebody. Our, our room continues to fill. We're going to figure out how to get more people in here where it feels comfortable. And uh, we'll continue to hopefully love Red Bank and change ourselves so we impact this community. Let me just give you a little idea of what will happen over the course of December. And then uh, we'll jump into this little book. If you haven't been here, we've been reading through a book in the Bible called Second Timothy. And we've done that every week for the last four. And this will be the last. Uh, this will be the fifth. Next, next Sunday, I'm going to have a free Sunday. And I, I wrote in my notes, I think I want to call it the ugly church. But I, I'm, I'm not sure. A, a lot of y'all have friends that uh, have been really hurt by the church. Some of you are those friends, right? I got a friend, and she, you know, you know when you're telling a story, you talk about yourself, some of y'all are, are, are that person. And uh, sometimes the church really ugly. And I, I think we ought to just talk about it. This is, I've heard a lot about it in the last few weeks. Relatives and folks of folks in our room where there's just been this pain that's come from, from this thing, this institution called the church. So we're going to talk about it next week. I'm going to apologize some for what the church has done. We're just going to talk openly what the scripture says. And... Uh, See if we can address that well. I want you to hear something if you're new. What we're trying to do here is be healthy. There's a lot of problems with our little church, Radius White No, right? Because of us. Because we're, we're broken, and uh, every last person in this word, you heard the word sinner. We all qualify in this room, especially the guy under the lights up here. I qualify fully for that job called sinner. But Jesus has saved us. And over the course of time, he's begun to make us healthy, and we are fighting to be healthy. Some of y'all, you know how your week went. It was a fight, and some of y'all got it handed to you this week. But we're going to get back up today, and we're going to keep fighting to be healthy because that's what our community needs, but that's what we need, and that's what God expects. The next Sunday's Camo Christmas. If you've you got a fin, friend you've been wanting to invite that's been in the deer stand every Sunday, for the la that's the Sunday, right? That's the Sunday to bring them. We're actually going to use camouflage. It's a great 
picture of what Jesus did to come and show us the Father. He came as a man, and we'll open that up and explain the gospel. That Sunday, the 21st, is simply going to be the gospel out of camouflage, right? We're going we're gonna to put it right out there. If you got camo, wear it because it's going to be a fun Sunday. If you are a man and you got a duck blind or you got some kind, we need to decorate, all right? So if you're going to de- see Zach, Zach's going to coordinate decoration. He can tag that off to somebody, but we're going to need this thing to be a little less less schooly and uh, a little bit more camo we maybe we'll blend in up here that's that's the plan it'll be a great sunday to, to come the next sunday 21st is that the 28th don't come all right i'm gonna tell you why because nobody will be here we're gonna take a sunday off we're gonna take the last sunday of the year off and take a rest some of y'all are like i love coming here and i i, I know but we're tired we're gonna take a rest all right <laughs> Half of y'all are going to be you're going to say, I love, and then you're going to go out of town, and we're going to be like 14 of us here, so we're going to take Sunday off, we're going to take a nap, we're going to sleep in. You could do Bible study with your family at the house. Don't come to my house, all right, because I'm going to be with my family, and we're just going to chill with the family. Sometimes uh, we don't take this rest thing serious, and we're going to try to take it serious once a year, and then we'll, we'll be right back the next Sunday, and we'll go 2015 and have some fun, all right? So that's the plan. Let me pray, and we'll open up, uh, we'll close out this book called Second Timothy. Lord, you know, sometimes I'm overwhelmed. I look out, I know everybody's in a different place in a room like this. And about uh, 50% of them, I have no idea where each person is in their heart, in their mind, how their week went, whether up or down today. But what's really cool about reading from your word is that you know where every person in this room is. You know exactly where their heart is. Jesus, I know from reading your word that you love every individual in this room, that you even like having a relationship with men and women, and uh, you even like speaking to us. So I pray you would today. I pray you would take some words from the Bible, your word, and you would uh, make sense of them to us, your people. And Lord, for some, you would give uh, just a great big hug, and others, you would... Uh, Give a little swift kick. You, you give us what we need today, Lord. Uh, pray this, we close this book. I just want to do it right. Pray that you would uh, give me a little freedom with my tongue today. Pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Because if it's your first time, this is 2 Timothy. So there was a 1 Timothy, and they are the same guy, right? So this guy wrote a, wrote a letter to a man named Timothy, a guy who he mentored. He wrote him... One letter, and then later he wrote him this second letter. And if you don't know about this guy, this guy's name's Paul. He wrote a bunch of letters in this Bible. Matter of fact, 13, 14, one of them's anonymous, so we're not sure if he wrote it or not. But there's, there's a bunch of letters in here and that we compiled them all because God, he's, God illuminated. He, he made this thing flow out of Paul's pen. It still has Paul's personality in it. You can feel it. You can feel Paul. But, but we would say that God wrote this through Paul. So... It was written originally in Greek. It would have been probably like a two-page, you know, email in Greek, which I wouldn't be able to read, right? I have to get it translated, which is what this is. It's a translation. And I'm going to read out of the NLT and just read to you the last part of this letter to Timothy. For those of y'all who don't know, Paul's about to get executed. He's in jail. He uh, has been, he's probably lived a good while, probably early, late 60s. Um, he's been in jail. He's been 
traveling around sharing the good news about Jesus. And his time is almost up and he can feel it. So he writes to this young man. He's kind of passing the baton. You've seen that happen before, right? You've been, you've been at the hospital when your grandfather was dying and his last words. If they were healthy enough to really give you something good, that's what Paul's doing. He's trying to give you one last nugget before he goes on. So I'm going to read a little bit to you. And that's kind of our custom here. It'll go up on the screens. If you have a Bible, you can read it. I'm reading out of a translation called the NLT. Somewhat easy to read. <laughs> last night I read it. At the, uh, at the Christmas tree writing, and uh, it felt really weird, right? Because it's, it's a little bit of a paraphrase, and it said something about, like, snuggling cloths or something like that. I'm like, that feels really weird reading the story of Jesus. I was all confused. Anyway, anyway, thank you. Misty, you killed that last night. That's what we're talking about. This Christmas tree light, I'm going to go ahead and be on a, on a tangent. It, it, it's bringing something to Red Bank. Red Bank hadn't had. It's bringing identity. It's just the beginning. That's just one more thing. She took initiative, jumped on it, got it done. I loved it. I loved it. Anyway, except for my reading part. That was difficult. Um, chapter 4, verse 1. Paul writing to Timothy, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Paul saying to his young man, Timothy, hey, bro, it's serious. It's serious. It's my last words. You ever have your dad, like, lock eyes with you? And he's serious. Usually that means you're in trouble, right? Because like, he, he got that extra gear going on. You can feel it. And you know you better get your stuff right. But, but this is when the old man is locking eyes with you. And he knows he's almost done. And he wants you just to hear him. He wants to say, hey, bro, I've, I've talked a lot. I've said a bunch of things. But hear this. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. He looks at the young guy and he's passing this on. You know, it'd be kind of like a, 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 a young leader coming in here and we'd say, preach the word, be, be, be true to it. It applies to us all. He's certainly talking to Timothy as a leader. So if you're a leader, you got to feel this. It'd be as if Paul's sitting across the table down here at brunches with you and you're looking eye to eye and he, he's giving it to you because he wants you to carry it. We got a bunch of leaders here. I'm not the only leader. Y'all hadn't picked up on that. We got a a good young leader who just came up here and put on a Santa Claus suit. I <laughs> mean, that takes some humility all by itself. I got a picture of that, by the way. So it's on, baby. It's on. Uh, some of y'all in small groups, and we got some great leaders that have been proven for years. There's some men in this room and, and women in this room that have been leading in other, other avenues, other parts of life, and they're great leaders that we could, we could look to. But, but if you could imagine yourself and put yourself before Paul and have him speak into you right now, that'd probably be the healthiest way to lead. He says, be prepared. If you read back to the King James, if some of y'all grew up with a little King James Bible, it says, be instant. I like it. Be instant. If, I, if you're a guy, you're thinking, pull the sword out, or you're thinking, pull the gun out. Be quick about me, like automatic. Um, I grew up going to my grandmother's anytime my parents wanted to go anywhere. And my grandmother was instant, right? You walk in the kitchen, and whenever grandbaby comes in the door, what's the first thing grandma says? In my grandma's house, it wasn't a hug. It wasn't, how you doing? She'd say, what? Are you hungry, baby? <laughs> Let me fix something to eat. It really didn't matter what your answer was, right? It doesn't matter whether you're hungry or not. She's going to fix you. She's instant. It's immediate. As soon as she saw me, she goes, you look so thin. I'm like, mom, I'm a skinny guy. I mean, I've been this way my whole life, you know. But she always said, you look so thin. You had not even eaten, boy. And then immediately go to fixing something. 
And then she didn't use any recipes. My mama would always try to get a recipe from my grandma. She didn't have any. She, didn't, she just did it, right? I mean, she pulled it out, and it didn't matter what it was. She could make it good, right? I Me mean, fry some stuff. It's just good. So she, she pull out whatever piece, piece of bread. She pull out a piece of bread. She just start cooking, pull out. Anybody grow up on ice milk? She pulled ice milk out of the... I love going to her house because I got to eat stuff I couldn't eat at my house. And she just... It was on. She didn't have to think about it. It was who she was. It overflowed out of her. And when I walked into the door, she wanted to bless me. Not my heart, physical heart. Man, I know I got high cholesterol because of her. But she wanted to bless me with happiness, right? Because I was happy in that house. She's ready. She was instant. In season and out of season. I literally can't remember a time when my grandmother wasn't ready to feed me. And now that I'm getting older, I realize the body doesn't feel as good every day. You walk in her house, no matter what was wrong with her body, she was instant. In season or out of season, says King James. Whether conditions were favorable or not, she's just ready. Strange. I don't even know how she pulled it off looking back. It's just who she was. Paul writes to the young man, and he's saying, hey, preach the word in season or out of season. Be instant. Have it in your pocket, ready to pull it out. Be ready to give it away. For every young leader in this room, that's got to be, uh, be a charge to you. For every old leader, it's got to be a reminder and a charge to us. For guys and you know in the room that might not think you're a leader, but you got two, three kids at the house, guess what? You a leader. And, and the idea is to be ready to represent God in a variety of situations, regardless of how you feel. What's that look like? How you play that out? How did my grandma become instant? Well, see, I didn't get my grandma's cooking until she had cooked for my dad for about 30 years, right? And she cooked for my grandfather some years before that. And she practiced and she practiced and she had no money. They grew up poor so she could make anything taste good. And over the course of about 35, 40 years, when I roll in and actually can appreciate food at six or eight, she's instant because she's done the time. Really hard to be ready unless you do the time. There's a pretty good book. Uh, that I read recently, and, and, and one of the things that God talks about is in order to become an expert, it takes, anybody read this? How many hours to become an expert at anything? 10,000 hours. Anybody remember the book? Gladwell? Thank you, Outliers. Because I didn't remember it. That's the way, that's the way I preach it. You just ask somebody. Anyway, it's called Outliers. It's by, it's by Gladwell. It's a really good book. It's not right, written by, it, from a Christian perspective, but he just goes through and shows how if you put 10,000 hours into anything, you could be an expert if you work at it. <clears throat> so this, this relationship with God, to respond like God in a moment, is not just about like getting a Gideon Bible and tucking it in my back pocket and looking something up when something goes down. It's by doing the time with God. I'm an expert on Cheryl Reese. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I got way more than 10,000 hours in, right? Way more. 25 years. I don't know how many hours. That's a lot of hours. But anyway, we, we've done lots of time together. I can pretty much anticipate what's going to go down. Because I know her. I can tell you what she's going to say. If you bring up a subject, I'll wince. Because if I know she's going to come at you strong, I'm like, oh, no, Eric called. You should not have said that, right? Sometimes the boys will do something in the house. I'm like, do y'all just got 5,000 hours in? Do you not know what's going to happen right now? That's the dumbest thing. 
And that's the idea. Paul says to Timothy, hey, be instant, be ready. But you can't be ready unless you've done the time. He's asking Timothy to do the time. Some of y'all have been with us for a little bit. We've been doing a little journal. I don't have mine up here, but it just gives you time to read the Word. We'll do some more in, in the new year where you can read the journal, where you read the passage, and you just write. And it's amazing how just reading the Bible helps you get to know God, and then you start responding like God. Let me, let me give you a little help, though. You're like, bro, I ain't nowhere near 10,000 hours with God. Last thing you'd call me is an expert. Welcome to the crowd. That's where most of us are. Here's something he allows us, gives us as a gift. You don't know, ask him. Right? You're in the moment, you go, I, I ain't spent enough time with him. I don't know what he would do in this situation. God, what would you do in this? That's, that's what you do. You just stop and you go, God, what would you do in this situation? And, and usually he doesn't like write it up there on the wall where we could all read it. Sometimes it's a slow process of understanding sometimes he'll say you know pete murphy over there ask him he's been a knucklehead long enough he's learned from his ten thousand years and he could tell you what not to do and what to do right you you, you ask him he, he's been around for a while he knows god he knows the scriptures you know pete for a while he knows this thing inside and out he's done a lot of hours then then you ask him and, and and he then he's got this responsibility which we don't always love as leaders to be good in our answer and and to pray ourselves and connect with god so there's this this idea that we as a group of people in Red Bank are supposed to be prepared, instant, ready with the gospel. He says, for a time is coming. Well, let me read the verse. Patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They'll follow their own desires, and they'll look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And they'll reject the truth and chase after myths. A lot of times, when somebody reads that verse right now, I'm supposed to spit, because that's the way it works. You're supposed to get fired up when you read that verse. I'm supposed to start spitting and get, break a sweat. I don't like sweating. But then I break a sweat and start spitting because you be, and that, and you start pointing your finger at other people. What I found particularly true is the way to be healthy is to look at myself when I read the passage, not, not to look at everybody else. And so one of the things we really fight for, if you're new here at Radius White know, is we try to tell the truth. We, hopefully we'll be a little entertaining and not the boringest thing ever to hear, but at the end of the day, we'd rather be truthful than entertaining. We don't have a whole lot of tricks. We just read it and talk about it. Hopefully it's easy to listen to. That's our goal. Music guys are great. We, we want to do a great job. But at the end of the day, we want to tell the truth. We don't, one of the passages talks about folks having an itching ear. Anybody remember the first time they got on some poison oak? I can remember it clearly, right? Because I was covered. I thought I was immune because I was about 17 and I could pull up poison ivy and it didn't bother me. My uncle hired me to clear his woods and I started pulling poison oak off the trees, cutting them up and bragging about how I didn't get it. And then I got it, and I was covered. You can remember how you want to itch. Everything in your body is focused on one thing. You can't watch TV because you're thinking about how to scratch certain parts of your body. You're trying to figure out how to get on top of this itch. All of your energy focuses in on the itch. 
right? And you fight for, you get the calamine, you put the calamine on, and eventually you go to steroids right away. I got jacked during that season. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I took some steroids, and, and eventually you get that thing done, and, and it comes off of your mind, and all of a sudden you're healthy again. But as long as you got the itch, you're consumed with who? Yourself. Cut me to the doggone bone. Don't make me itch, right? I'm going to cry. I got burned so bad at the beach, I cried in front of my wife because I was itching so bad. It wasn't the, It was just the itch. We live there today, right? We want somebody to tell us a lie. And a lot of times that happens from guys, most guys stand, but guys standing right here. This is a lot faster way to get a lot of people in the room, right? Tell them what they want to hear. Do it in a convincing way. Make people walk out of the room feeling good. Now, we, we kind of never want you to leave here feeling guilty, but we never want you to leave here feeling like you got lied to. We'd like for you to hear the truth because we'd like for you to be healed. And the truth heals. The truth finally takes away the itch, where the itch just drives us to get somebody to tell us that we're whatever. Many a young lady has given away her life just trying to get some dude to lie to her, right? He didn't love her, doesn't care about her, doesn't want to heal her, doesn't want to make her whole. She just wants him to say the right thing in the moment. I got to tell you, that, that just applies across us all there's this attraction where we want to talk to people that will listen to us uh, and agree with us and never say I'm not sure that's right <clears throat> you ever been in a situation where there's a little gossip going on and you just say I want to hear that notice how you lose a friend real quick done it a couple times Sit in my office, hear somebody going on about somebody when I was a young man. An older man came in. He was whining about somebody. And I said, hey, bro, I don't listen to that stuff. Guess what happened? He never came back. And guess who he started talking about? Me. But I was healthy. I didn't need his affirmation in that moment. I didn't need to agree with him. I stood. And over the course of time, guess people figured it out. That you could tell me something that would stop here. I don't do that perfectly, but try to do that well. What about a church that would do that? What about a church that would be like that? That would nip it. Hey, we, we, we all got tongues, right? So tongues, we mess up with them. But what about a church that would be, just be, be good with it and, and, and live more in the truth than in what people think about us? Hebrews uh, calls this a mirror. And you get that 10,000 hours in, you, even when you're just putting your first hour in, sometimes you just look up and you can see yourself. And sometimes it's just a matter of going down the hall and getting them to cut your hair, right? Because your hair looks nappy. We need, we need to get it handled. We need to get your hair in the handle. And uh, sometimes it's bigger than that. Sometimes it's, we need to put you in the tub and we need to get that extra level of soap and, and we need to scrub for a while just to clean up because, because we're dirty. But that's the truth. It, it uh, bothers me to no end that we could be here and not be comfortable with the truth. 
well, this, I I go around the room, we start, we could have guys stand up and tell their story and they would tell you the truth because this has been a place that's been safe. But people don't talk and we know that everybody in the room is flawed. It's a place to get healthy. So tell yourself the truth today. My good wife, what's the truth? Husband, what kind of employee are you? Are you generous? Are your children healthy? Right, so what, what's what happens with our children? We want somebody to tell us, yeah, they're healthy, baby. I've seen that kid. That's all we want to hear. And when somebody says, I saw them, what do we do? We immediately go to the defensive. It's destructive for our kids. Teacher hollers at our children. It's the teacher's fault. When we get healthy, we try to look at the truth, see it, deal with it. Maybe the most important question to ask today, the truth, do you really know Jesus? Hey, if you're here and I'm making you feel awkward, good, we, we, we kind of cool being awkward here. It gets quiet here. We like to ask ourselves real questions. And then we struggle. That's what we do. We don't fix it in the moment. We ask God for help and then we struggle. To be healthy. Let me read a little bit more. I need to. It's getting so quiet. It's making me nervous. Verse 5. They'll reject the truth and they'll chase after myths. They'd just rather talk about something that's fun. Light. Let's have a good time. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. So he tells his, his boy, Timothy, he, he starts with, hey, don't, don't give them something that just pleases them. Don't help them just solve their temporary need like an itch. Tell them the truth and don't be afraid of suffering. Finish. I, I, I got to tell you, I don't know if anybody has told you before that following Jesus is easy, but they're a liar if they did. They may not have meant to lie. It's not easy. It solves some problems, but it also causes some problems. This is a long, hard walk, and it's difficult to finish. That's why at the football game, what happens in the fourth quarter, everybody holds up the four fingers, right? It, it, what the coaches, the first guy that did that was really cool. Now everybody does. Everybody holds up four fingers because they're trying to get everybody to understand we're almost done. You got to finish because a lot of times teams are physically prepared for three quarters and their minds ready for three quarters. But by the fourth quarter, they start folding and under pressure, they crash. So coach tries to refocus everybody at the end. That's what Paul's trying to do right here. He's like, Timothy, bro, you're young. I'm old. I'm done. But you're in the fourth quarter, so focus again. Come back to it. Focus up. Now, FSU right now, they won again last night. Everybody wonders whether the Florida State should be in the playoff. I'm like, bro, they ain't lost. I don't like them, but they have not lost. And when they hold up four, they mean four, like it's winning time. And that joker quarterback that I really don't like is really good. <laughs> Will somebody light him up, you know, but... Somehow in the fourth quarter, dude throws three picks in the first quarter. You're like, he's a loser. I knew he was a loser. Fourth quarter, Joker wakes back up and finishes. He finishes. If he comes to my house, I'm going to pull out a shotgun, right? Because I got girls in the house. I don't want that boy at my house. But if he's on my pro football team, I'm like, write him a check. That boy can finish. 
Paul's looking at Timothy and he's like, hey, this is long and it's hard. You're going to suffer. That's real. If you're choosing to follow Jesus today, I want to just say straight up, this is not easy. My family's been blessed from it, but it has not been easy. It's been difficult because I can't just scratch my itch. I have to keep looking at the doggone mirror. And looking in the mirror takes work, and it's painful. Anybody ever hesitate to, like, look at your Wells Fargo? I do. It is so much easier to just hope money's in there. You know what I'm saying? Anybody else do that? I'm going to wait three more days and just look and see what happened, right? I mean, it's like, at least I can live at peace for three days, right? But at the end of the year, we're in trouble, right? We're in trouble. Because then we're not looking at Wells Fargo. We're looking at City Card. And City Card tells us something else. And you're like, but that, a 9.9 or 28.3, whatever you got, yeah, that stoker starts telling you, hey, bro, you're in trouble. But if we could just look at Wells Fargo on a daily basis and just see the truth, we'd be a little healthier, right? Verse 7, 6 and 7. As for me, this is Paul speaking, the old man. My life has already been poured out. As an offering to God, the time of death is near. I've fought the good fight. Maybe you've heard these verses. I've finished the race, and I've remained faithful. And now a prize awaits me, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. It's this cool moment where Paul stops pushing Timothy and say, Timothy, you can do it. Hold up the four and finish. He said, I did it. I finished. Yeah, you know, I hope you don't hear a guy who's proud there. You don't hear a whole lot of pride. I actually hear a man who is, who is breakable, who stayed the course and followed Jesus to the end. He, I mean, it's like there's this relief where he's like, I'm here, right? I finally, I'm here. I made it. I wondered if I made it. All my life, I wondered if I make it. Now, I made it. Cheryl uh, decided to decorate our house. If, you, if your power went down this week, you know why, because it's coming in my house. But the, she, I mean, like the Griswold, it's not quite like the Griswold. So we ain't got on the roof yet, right? But anyway, we're, uh, and it was a bear, was it not, baby? All this great help you got. I think all I did was hang some wreaths because it was a ladder involved. But this is very short but long process to her of putting lights all over the place, right? And, and there's this, this relief that comes when you're done, right? I mean, she just won't quit. I'm like, well, can we just go to bed and be happy? Can we just leave it and get to it tomorrow? I can't quit till I'm done. There's this really healthy thing about her that can, I can leave the dishes in the sink, right? I mean, they're going to be there tomorrow. I'll wash them and it'll be good then. I mean, just, yeah, I got to scrub a little harder. I'm good with that. Cheryl's got to finish. It's got to be done. And she's stressed out till it's done. There's this pressure. And so we have to beware around those moments when, when that stress grows. But Paul's like, he's been feeling it. Like, I, could I fail? Yeah, you, you, you can feel in him as he writes this. I could have crashed and burned. I could have run away. I could have quit doing what God told me to do. But I finished celebration. And it wasn't something short, something long. Been doing this a long time. He says, and I, I, I've always been a little moved by this. Uh, I, I love the way he's vulnerable 
to failure. I think sometimes we read the guys that wrote this and think they weren't real people. This is just a real man. If you're here and you don't think I'm real people, you don't know me. If you know somebody in our room and you think that they don't have a problem, you don't know them. We talk about that all the time. This is real people. We're vulnerable. Any of us could fail and crash tomorrow. If you've already crashed, you fit right in. This is a place to get healthy. This guy finishes. It's kind of like, you ever heard of Dave Ramsey show? I was driving on the road. I got him on A's on AM, I guess. And, and if somebody pays off all their debt, they like celebrate. And they holler and scream and carry on and everything. It's actually a little corny cool. You know, some things are corny and cool. That's what it is. It's, they, they holler and celebrate because they had a pile of debt. And they tell how much it was. And they got rid of it. And there's this celebration. You feel that with Paul. And he says, at the end, there's this crown of righteousness. So, so, so this thing that God does, this this world that God is dominant over as he pleases, that he's the king of. He doesn't miss it when his followers follow. This crown of righteousness is interesting. I've heard a lot said about it. I have my own thoughts and I'll share them with you. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. I don't know if you've ever been to an award ceremony. I love doing for, for rec league basketball because everybody gets an award and you just make stuff up, right? Like, like the best to dive on a ball, which, you know, means very little in basketball. But for a kid who's no good and dove on the ball one time, that's his award, right? I mean, you, you make up stuff. I mean, the funniest kid on the team. Everybody gets an award at the end of the deal, but I still give MVP because I just feel like it's just right to give MVP. Somebody, who, who's the best? Because sometimes that's because... God made them the best, and they're bigger and faster and stronger, and sometimes because they worked. My favorite award, though, is the most improved. Because he came in like this, and he's leaving like this, and I actually always feel like that's my most important gift to a kid to say, this kid knows how to work. And he changed who he was as a basketball player. And I want to give him an award. Here's what makes that award special. I print it on a one cent piece of paper off of with my execution of uh, whatever program that is. So it's very elaborate, I can promise you. And it says, most improved, and I sign it, John Reeves. What gives it value? My signature. Because I'm the coach. And because hopefully if I've coached well over the course of a season, a kid begins to believe in me. And he wants my affirmation. And what's special at the end is for the coach to give you affirmation. And to say... Say, great job, bro. I'm proud of you. And you give them that little hug. You give everybody some. But when I give that most improved award, it's pretty sincere. And the kids, if they know me, they know that's a big deal. I read this different this time. He says, uh, he will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all those who eagerly look forward to his appearing I just I just started thinking about me giving those awards and how there's certain men in my life uh, that have blessed me that have said good job son that have kind of given me a hug and say I'm proud of you how, how that feels when I walk in the room with them a couple times I've teared up when they've said it to me and I walk in the room and they say I've heard of that we ain't talked in years I've heard about what you're doing I'm proud of you. Looking forward to his appearing. Was I looking forward to his appearing by like dreaming about how I was going to shake his hand this time if I have a new handshake? 
wasn't dreaming about seeing that guy that I respect. I was living it on a daily basis. I was preparing even though I didn't know when I was going to see him so he would be proud of me. I have a father who is proud of me. My dad doesn't know how to spell the word proud, right? He ain't never said that. He's never said, son, I'm proud of you. And give me a big hug. He, that's not who he is. But when he's in the room and he hears stories, I can see his face light up. When I'm living right and living for God, when he sees my children follow their mother well, I can see my dad. I can feel his pride about John Reeves and his family. And it is, I love that feeling. There's really not another man in this world that carries the weight like he does. I love the way he makes me feel when he just smiles. And he's happy about who we are. It's always hilarious at the dinner table when uh, my brother and I get on a little run. And we got a little sarcastic age to our family, Cheryl. I mean, like, like making fun of people a little bit. But we, we get on a little run. And my father, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but he looks really proud. He's like, that's my boys. I gave it to them. Right? I gave them the gift. And uh, we just kind of go back and forth and have a little fun. And my dad will be just laughing his head off, not participating. He's kind of He's not quite as quick as he used to be, not as participative. But he just looks proud what about someday we're going to show up and see jesus what about we walk in the room like paul does anticipating a crown of righteousness not arrogance just knowing we've been with him we know what he's going to do we know what he likes we know if we've lived it or not last verses and we'll pull the band back up here I'm going to read a bunch of them just so we can finish the book and say we did a good job, right? This is 9 to 22. I'm going to read a bunch. Misty, I'm not as nervous as I was last night, but I'm going to read a bunch of verses. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. How you like that? <laughs> right off the bat. Demas, he doesn't say he's a loser, but he did say he cut out on me, right? Just real people. Just real people. Don't throw Demas under the bus. Right? You've been Demas. As have I. Crescens has, I'm assuming that's what his name has. I'm going to say it real confident. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Luke's a doctor. Bring Mark with you. Remember, Paul's in jail. And when you come, he'll be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. These are our, our cities. And when you come, be sure to bring the coat. <laughs> this is cool, right? Bring my cell phone. I left it back in the last city. <laughs> bring my coat. I left it in Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. <laughs> Timothy's like, I knew he's writing me this letter for a reason. All <laughs> them sweep. No, I'm just kidding. Verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him. For he fought against everything we said. First time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and he gave me strength so that I might preach the good news. And it's entirely for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. You know he knows he's about to die. Those are weird words for a man who knows he's about to be executed. He rescued me before, saved me from certain death, and he'll rescue me again. Think he's talking about what's about to happen? He's about to lose his head. 
Literally. Seems more like he's ready to go to heaven. And he's not afraid to lose his head. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, husband and wife team, and those living in the household of Onesiphorus. I love that name. Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus uh, sends you greetings, and so do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and, the brother, and all the brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with your spirit, and may his grace be with you all. I like reading that because I want you to hear your name in there. I, I keep telling you because I believe it and I'm convinced of it. This was just real people like you're just real people. He's, he, he's writing. He literally says at the end, all the brothers and sisters, and he names a couple of them, Linus and Claudia. It could be you, right? I can start naming people. It could be you. It's, it's, it's a family. He's naming people, some that they know and some that they don't know, but they are for the kingdom of God, and there's a brotherhood because of it. And when he says Demas left, it's not like this great thought. He's frustrated, just like any good father would be frustrated when somebody leaves or a good coach. But he says, I, Timothy, you, you come handle it. I love it that he says Miletus is sick. Just real people, right? Getting sick. He got the flu. He can't do anything. I don't know if he's going to survive. Put us in there, right? That's who we are. That's who Radius White Know is if you're new. We're real people. But we really want to know Jesus. And we're on a mission to see Red Bank change. To make it the healthy place that it should be because the church is shining bright. Because our Savior shines bright. Let's pray. Appreciate that book, Lord. I'm glad you put it in your word. Uh, it's been a couple Sundays as we've read through it where it's really got into our business and other Sundays where it's just been good instruction. It helps us know what to do. I always wonder what you're going to do with a few words read from your word, Lord. And I pray again, like we often do, that you would take these and you would... Uh, Stick them in some of our minds. Let it drop down to our hearts and change us. Some of the young guys in the room, the 10-year-olds and the 12-year-olds and the 14-year-olds and ladies, a bunch of the kids that go to our little thing, middle school group, pray, Lord, you would embed some of these words in their minds. They'd be able to recall them later. And some days when they're tempted, they come back to their mind and it would uh, redirect them. And some days when they just need to be ready and they have an opportunity to share their relationship with you with somebody at school, a word from Second Timothy just come to their mind and they could get it off their lips and give it away. Lord, we all, we all need you. So I pray as you worship, you be in this, as we worship you, we, you be in this room. And you show us who you are. Though we're going to take bread and juice. and We do this all the time. We don't want it to be just a habit. We really want to remember what you did in the end. I showed your love the most. That you died 
your body was broken and you shed your blood because uh, you wanted to call me a brother. You wanted uh, me to call your father my father. You wanted me to stand with confidence and say that the king is my dad. Thank you. We worship you for it. Amen.